Yo, 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 what's up? It is Thursday. It is another episode of A Fistful of Collars, your favorite jujitsu podcast. Here in the Flow Grappling Studio, myself, Howell, and Chase from Team Flow Grappling, joined by the very special guest, Manuel Hibamar. Manuel Hibamar, European champion, world no-gi champion. Man, that must feel pretty good to be able to say that. Oh, man, yes. I trained so long to make sure that I could say that for myself, you know. <laughs> that's that's amazing, you know, like just amazing feeling. So it's only a couple of days ago since you won that gold medal at the Europeans. And uh, we were there in Lisbon, Portugal, and we were able to to watch you take your first major IBJJF title in the Gi, right? Yes. Uh, just just talk us through that experience a little bit real quick because, man, you looked so happy when you won that gold medal. Man, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, like there's a lot of story behind everything, you know. Uh, like two, like two days the, the, in the day of the that I arrived in Portugal, I got really sick, you know, and I felt when I won, I felt so like happy because I could overcome all, you know, all the bad, all bad things, and I could go over there and still perform good, you know. I had a really good matches against like Aspen, Aspen. And I have a good match against Paganini, which which is a really uh, other really good guy from Alliance. And in every single match, I could feel that I was getting stronger, you know. Like I thought I was, I was going to feel like weak or something like that. But I, I, I felt, I felt great. Thanks God. Did you realize uh, while you're going through that tournament that you were at a perfect score? You put up 38 points, and no one scored against you. Well, like I, I didn't manage to. I actually, I just realized that I didn't get scored when you guys told me. I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, for, yeah, that's you didn't right. Realize yeah, it I didn't realize. I, <laughs> most of the time when I go there and I fight, I just fight. I don't even like keep thinking about like how like, how many points I did. You're you know? in the zone, right? Yeah, you, you, you when you're there, you're just on the zone. You just want to do a good job, you know, like. Yes. You did have a really good weekend, man. And I'm amazed, like, what you just said right there. Because you got sick. So you weren't the only one. I, <laughs> yeah, right? I got really yes. sick in Portugal last week. I spent two days in bed with a fever. Lots of people were getting sick. Because the weather in Portugal that week was kind of cold. It was yes. wet, right? And lots of people from around the world bringing lots of, like, viruses and stuff. So so tell me, like, what was what were you dealing with? What were you feeling for the competition? Well, like, uh, uh, I decided to go to, to sign up to open, right? Uh, I didn't want to sign up to open in the beginning, but... As soon as I feel that I was sick, I was like, man, I got to test myself and see how I'm going, how how are my card is doing right now. Really? Yes, and then that's the reason why I decided to sign to the open weight. That's kind of dangerous though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, uh, right now I'm kind of chubby, heavy guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like my, I've been fighting medium heavy since uh, Nogi Worlds, and I gained some weight, I got stronger, and then I think it's a good way to, to fight open weights. But the main the main idea for me to fight the open weight on the European was because I, f I was feeling sick and then I really wanted to see how I would feel, you know, like to see if, if the sickness was going to, you know, like messed up my performance. But actually in the open, I did pretty good hmm. and I felt good. And then this is bring my confidence back. And then on the other day I came and I could manage to do what I did, you know. 
Man, well, let's let's talk a little about your road to gold, yeah, yes. like we like to call it. So the the path to becoming a champion. You had four matches just in the medium heavyweight division. Yes. So um, before we go into those matches, tell us first of all, why why did you move up then? Because we more often we see you compete as middleweight, right? Yes. So uh, middleweight, uh, I always have this this feeling that I that I I'm undisciplined, <laughs> you know, like and I have trouble with like. I have a health coach that she helps me a lot, but I believe that my I don't know if you if I don't fall a hundred percent my my health coach I gonna gain weight like oh, you like, like to eat like that fast yeah so <laughs> my problem is not like eat good my problem is eat too much because we can have like a a table of a lot of full of a good food but I'm not just gonna eat one time I'm gonna eat like three four times the same, <laughs> you know okay it's that's good the problem food. with good food it's, yeah that's the problem with the good food you know <laughs> too good it's a good food but I I. I'll, I'll eat like many times, so that's my problem. You know, <laughs> there I'm learning to manage my, my, you know, manage this more. Like have the self control, and in the medium heavy, I feel that that I can eat whatever I want, and I still, I I don't have to apologize that like oh I lost a lot of weight and now I'm feel weak. I didn't give 100 percent, so I can I can fight 100 percent every time now. So there's a, a lot of stress then to maintain your weight that. At middleweight, that goes away when you fight up a division. Yes, yes. You know, like I, I've been there for so long, and I've seen a lot of people losing weight in the time of the, especially me. Sometimes I had one time very undisciplined. I had to cut like about like six pounds, wow. in the day of the tournament. That's so, a lot, right? So there's a lot of weight. It makes you tired. It makes you stressed. So that's not good at all. So it's really important for you to have a health coach and take care of your, your food. You know. And now I feel that I can perform good because I eat good. She she tells me what what to do, what to eat, whatever whatever I am. She always tells me, give me the better options for me to you know mm. have a good meal and you know still feel good. Who's your health coach? She's Natalia Shantry. She's actually the wife of Sami Shantry. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, very cool. So shout she, out. Yeah, nice. so shout out to my. To my health coach, she's amazing. So she has a she has a big group of a good competitors, and most of the competitors, her competitors, they are champions mm. currently right now. Gabriel Maida, Nachi also does does it. It's she's her health coach. Uh, we have there's so many guys, even Samir, right? So she has a, a really big group of good people there. How long have you been been doing that? So I've been doing this. It's it, now it's a, it's been like one year that I'm with her. So you feel the I, difference? I don't know if you guys remember, but on the, on the on the World Series of Grappling that I fought, I was I like, yeah. so they told me they told me that the weight division was supposed to be one eighty one point five, and then I did the health coaching with her, right? So I did everything perfect. I follow one hundred percent. And in the time of the tournament, the, the the event changed the weight, and a lot of guys was with one ninety kill, one nine pounds, uh, one eighty five, and I was the only lighter guy. Mm -hmm. I was the lighter guy on that on that day, but I I felt so good, you know, like that I could like manage to to do all the fights with all energy, all the time attacking, you know, fight like like you guys put it in that time like fighting my heart out you know i could definitely fight my heart out you need some big names in that tournament who yeah. did you who did you beat I well i think that day i've beat jamie canuto gabriel argers i beat uh sergio hughes i beat i beat it uh fito silver in the final right it was a three rounds of five minutes in the end 
Yeah, I did. That was a crazy tournament. Yeah, that, that was, was a crazy tough. thing. And this tournament, he definitely changed my life because it was a good, it was a good like grand prize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 that too. Yeah, so I could I could buy a wedding ring to Nachi. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's really cool. So yeah, so that. It, it changed my life for for sure. So go back to Europeans then. You say that, you know, the, the work you did with your health coach, uh, that you, you're feeling great. But this new weight class then, different challenges, right? Because yes. when you compete in middle heavyweight, there's a lot of different names, different faces. But um, it was kind of interesting, the, the people that you fought at Europeans, because your first match was against a guy that we used to see in the lightweight and middleweight division exactly. that's Espen right yes. now you mentioned that you know you had a tough match against him uh, did you expect to win the way that you did against Espen well I I I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna lie I did because I, I've been training for so long with guys like Meow Brothers you know like they're very like it, they, they try to pass this guy's guard is very challenging you know like uh, t- so every time I set a goal when I when I used to train at unity with murillo i i when i was in the gym i set a goal like i have to try to pass every single one's guard so i've been training with so much good guys you know doing like very like orthodox kind of guard and i could like manage well you know like if even like maybe try to don't be swept or you know like try to you know like see the danger and handle you know like because aspen is very dangerous oh I would, yeah actually like everybody on division they was freak out because Aspen moved out, moved out to medium heavy, because when when we first when we when we when we start to think about it, it's like man, it's a light guy that moves a lot, and then we are chubby, <laughs> and then we got it a little bit slower. Yeah, we got right. it. We're slowly, we're slow. But everybody knows how good his Barambola was. Yes, right? and I think people, like you say, people are freaking out because exactly. you have a, a specialist coming into the division like that. So what did you think when you saw you had him first round? Yeah, when I, when I saw it, I had him in the first round. I knew that it was going to be a tough match, but yeah, it's like uh, on my mind, I was I was well prepared to any kind of guard. So that's did you the guys reason. Fight at King of Mats uh, in January last year? No, no, you he did, you did not. No, he was on the other side okay, of the. Okay, okay. I was trying the, to remember if you saw your first time seeing him. Yeah, yeah you never got to feel his game. Yeah, I never mm. got to feel. But I saw he fighting against Gabriel Argers. Right. So the match with Espen, man, you won that match twenty-two points to zero. That's crazy. That's <laughs> that's a very high score. I know, but it's 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 funny because it's a kind of position that I that I do since then. I was like purple belt, so I get the half guard and then I pass the guard and then I give back with the half guard. So the, he, you always in a in a worse position and you will never have the chance to actually to recover because. I'm giving you away for you the position that I know that I'm gonna pass again. So, so it's a little the, strategy, there, yeah, a little trick. Right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little trick for you to, because you know, two zero somebody still can beat beat you. Right. Three zero somebody still can do five three or four or four three, right? But when you do like three nine and then twelve, and then it becomes hard, and then the guys pretty, most of the guys they start to give up of the match, and then that's the and that's when you start keep going, 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 going until you get what you want. And you just looked <clears throat> like you know after that first match with Filippi Trovo in the absolute division that that you lost just on uh, on points, right? Yes, one advantage. One advantage. So the match with Espen, 
you looked like you just got stronger and stronger after that because you had, like you say, three more tough matches. You had Rafael Paganini from Alliance. You won that one 12-0. Uh-huh. You had a very tough guy, the the Polish guy, uh, Jacob. Oh, man, I can't even say this guy. <laughs> sorry. Po- Polish names, no he idea. He was doing great that tournament, though. Fastest oh, submission yeah. of the event, I think. Yeah, eight-second footlock yeah, yeah. The, from the... He was Gracie Baja black belt, uh-huh. right? Brawley, I really like that. He, he fought yeah. really good also against mm-hmm. Mohammed. Right, yeah. right. And then you had Bruno Lima in the final that you won by submission. So it's like, man, you had like four really tough matches and you just looked like you got better and better as the tournament went on. Yeah, so, well, like, uh, I, I would like to share this with you guys because <clears throat> it's part of it's part of my life. And I like I always like to share a little bit of testimony what happened with me before the matches. So every single tournament since that I... That, since that I that I got my faith so strong. Uh, every single tournament, I have the 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 you know it's a habit to open the Bible and ask for God, like, oh God, am I gonna win or am I gonna lose? So I did the same thing and I opened the Bible and and, and the Bible was saying, "Have you ever asked me for this?" And then I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" <laughs> like he was like talking to me. I was like, "Okay." So, and then I, I, I closed the Bible and I started praying. I say, okay, God, please let me win because I want to glorify your name. And then right away, I opened the Bible again. And then it was saying, everything what you ask in my name, I will give it to you for your happiness to be full completed. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then and the next day, I was so confident. I was like fighting even better every single match, could manage and all the time I was like, man, oh, thank I'm so I feel so strong, you know. And I think this is was this is the this is one of my purpose, right? Because you really looked like you were just like being carried to that victory, right? Yes. And it's like from what you said there, your experience, it's like nothing was stopping you that yeah, day. Yeah, like that like that day I could fight anyone because I had something powerful behind me, you know. It was not only me, because I know I knew that I was sick. I knew that, you know, like Everybody knows it's hard to train or row when when you're sick or do whatever. Like, but to overcome it, it needs to be something else. It needs to be something like supernatural. I believe that that it was God because of my purpose. My purpose is always glorify His name, right? And I believe that He gave me the victory because He wanted to His name to be glorified. That's the reason why in the end of the match I had to shout like, "Oh, glory to God!" Actually, let's play <clears throat> the uh, let's play the clip of that because we have a, a really nice clip. Uh, the let's say Tyler, it's the Europeans clip, and uh, and we actually have like the last kind of there. Yeah, you can see it on the screen here. So talk uh, talk about what you're thinking about what's happening here. You know, this is the last sort of like a minute or so of the match when uh-huh. you, you you pass the guard. So so yeah, he has this he has this really good sweep that he does. So I knew that he has this really good control from the back, and my goal there was just like to frame him. I was like, I'm gonna keep drop, driving my weight here because I know that he's going to give up. And then as soon as I felt that he was he that he was giving up, look, his face started like gets like he started feel the pressure and my hip my hips was very heavy on top yeah you can see man and he, then, just, like, he can't move and then right i went there. to the i went to the to the zikel choke right away mm. then so when you i had turned it before you even dropped yeah, off I, I i had the feeling when i turned i felt that his ribs popping because my hips mm. was so heavy but the Zika was pretty tight too i oh, believe yeah. that if you if he didn't stop because of his ribs you probably was going to tap on the choke <clears throat> and there you can see that when you came up and you were like, yeah, that was like shouted. It's a really special moment. Yeah, 
Well, like that's one of my goals too. I everyone dreams with the Grand Slam, right? But my dream with the Grand Slam, it's not it's not the medal, you know, because you know, like uh, things are gonna pass. This is what people sometimes not even going to remember in five four years. But the moment is the most important, and I want to picture this moment on my life of in every single major league i ha I have to shout like glory to god if i if I can't do that 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 my dream will become true you know that's my main goal, but you know like we never know god's plan if we, if I have to lose tomorrow, I will lose, but I'll be happy anyways because i I know that in the end of the day my family would will be there for me my students will be there for me and then we're gonna carry the moments together you know and we'll be all good <laughs> awesome man well i mean the europeans was a was a really memorable tournament but it's not the only big tournament that you won recently because uh december you also had major success because you won the, the no gi world championships yes so that's it, bro. You're world champion, right? <laughs> world champion, no, I man. I can actually say that I'm world champion, right? That's really cool. Yeah, right? that's a, what was my first black belt world, world title. Well, to be real, uh, I never imagined that I could be a world champion one day. You know, like when we when we are young, we always believe, right? But once you get on the black belt and then you start to see how hard it is yeah. to get there. And then you start to like, oh, man, that's that's gonna be hard because this a, didn't happen overnight either no, like th no. this isn't one of those stories where you got your black belt like last year and yes. you immediately go start winning the the world championships you got your black belt in 2015 yeah that's like that's a lot of grinding to get where you are yeah so i so i've been there like like i said i've been there like for four year trying you know like I did this encouraging myself mm. i was always there in the beginning yes i, I always was like man why God, why I'm not winning, you know, like I'm, I'm such a good guy, I do good for people. And I start to understand that this was all a, this was all planned, you know, like I was like, man, that's not my time, you know, it's not, that's not my time. I know that I'm going to be there because he has my plan. So, and then I decide to wait more, you know, like be more chill, you know, like, okay, I'm going to enjoy more life, be a better friend, be a better teacher, be a better husband. And then... And then, you know, like later on, we'll see what God has for me. And then, well, like, since then, I just, you know, just give up, like, to care about, you know, be a champion, be a champion, be a champion. And then things just started happening, like, so fast. I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, how? Why? <laughs> Let's talk about the World Nogi Championships also, because um, this is this is kind of uh, an interesting story, is that you did the same thing at the Nogi World Championships. You started off with the match in the Absolute Division. Yes. And you fought Victor Hugo, who's one of, like, the biggest guys in that division. And he actually yes. went on to win the Absolute Gold Medal. But you had him first round, and you only lost on advantage, right? Yes. I I, th I believe that. I think this was the toughest match from, from Vitor. <laughs> yeah, because he beat everybody else, like, submitting. And yeah, now yeah. It was only at one advantage. We fought. I fought hard that, that that time. I was so angry. I was like, ah, I, he's big. He thinks he can beat me because he's big, but I need to prove to him that I, I'm also strong, you know, like, and I went forward, tried to do my best. I did, actually. Uh, it wasn't enough. He beat me. That's good. He he became the the open class champion. But I don't I don't 
carry the the fight you know and try to oh i need to do that because i did that so bad i always see the fight as a okay i fail and then i rise fast and i need i need to rise fast i need to rise and just go to the next round so you just try to put it out of your mind yeah you just, just try to forget it if and i lose i forget next. right away if i have wow. to fight again later i'll fight again you know like and then one thing that i developed in the long of the years was before i used to i used to fight people and i was like oh i'm gonna fight this guy oh he won this and he won that i was like you know bringing myself so much pressure Nowadays, I just when I gonna when I go out there and fight, I just see them as a player one, player two, player three. You know, if I really like start to pay attention every single one's name, I'll, I'll be so scared because I'm. There's <laughs> a lot of good guys. There's a lot of right? good guys. Imagine black belts. It's if you see all the black belts mid- middleweight, they all won worlds on the lower belt. So how are you gonna like you know like. I keep I imagine my I imagine myself if I never had win world and I have to go against these guys, man. If I care about the names, I I will never win, because I'll be so like, oh, no, this guy's won everything. I never won anything. I'll I'll be like I'll be defeated even before I fight him. You know. So you don't um, study your opponents and you don't really look at the brackets too much. Ah uh, no, I don't study my opponent, but I I need to watch. Always the first minute of match of every single one of them. So, so at the tournament itself, you're yeah, always watching. Yeah, at the tournament itself. So I'm going to fight this guy. So I was like, okay, first minute, he does do he does this and that. Okay, I, I already know what to do, you know. I know that he's really good. At, oh, he wants to play on top. Okay, I'll go bottom because I know I can handle him. Or he, he likes to play uh, on bottom. Okay, so I'll let him pull guard because I like to challenge myself, you know. like Okay. So that's interesting. So you don't really worry about what they do at their best. You just see them on that day, and you make your game plan like immediately. Yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of Leandro, Leandro, and my professor Rodrigo. They they make make me myself develop this, you know, inside of myself. So I gotta challenge myself. So if I see that you're really good playing guard, I wanna pass your guard. You know. Wow, okay. If I see yeah, you're really good like uh, doing uh, passing, I wanna play guard. You know, because I wanna feel it. I wanna feel all kind of. You know, all sort of like passing is all sort of sweeping. I want to feel it. I want to be there. You don't want to be scared of what they're good at. Yes, I don't want to. I I don't want to. You know, be surprised. You know, I don't. I I don't want never be surprised. And but either either way, you will always you always will find someone who that's going to surprise you. Right? I mean, that explains your confidence. Though, if you beat somebody at their best game, that must make you feel really good going to yeah, the next match. Yeah, so. Like let's say like uh, Aspen, right? Like Aspen, he's has a, he has a really good guard, and on my mind, if I could pass his guard, I can I, I can pass uh I don't know maybe Langacker's guard, you know? Right. So <laughs> right. uh, that's a that it it's you know like I'm not trying to sound like too confident, but it's it's no, it's, it's part how, of being a competitor. It, yeah, you have to feel that's like that how way. that's the part of to be a competitor. You 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 have to believe in what you do, right? And you had some tough guys at Nogi Worlds also. Uh, you fought three guys in the weight division: Lucas Hosha, uh, Matias Luna, and Gabriel Almeida. Three really tough guys back to back, right? Yeah. So uh, actually, Lucas Hosha, he was beating me like by two advantages. Right, three minutes start, three minutes of the match, he was he pulled guard, he stood up, one advantage, and then he almost passed my guard, one advantage. I was like, whoa, 
where I am, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, he, but come on, you got to wake up. <laughs> and then I start to like, you know, like pushing, 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 pushing. And then I could get a sweep in the end. And then right away I could pass his guard and it go to the back. And it was very tough, very tough. But it was very on the end of the match that I wake up and I could manage to win. And then, uh, and then Gabriel Almeida in the final as well. Uh, we actually we have a clip from the from the final, and we can play that in just a second. But the um, man, the, the the final was another one of those great moments, right? Where yes. like you really had to fight hard all the way through, but then at the end, it all it all comes out. Let's take a look at that. We've got that clip running up yes. here from the World No Gi. But oh, yeah. tell us about the feeling at the end of that when you knew that you won the world title. Well, like uh, my goal Almeida there was only like. Try to don't commit mistake, you know. I didn't want to commit any mistake, but the feeling of, of to win, it was like all my dreams, you know, like everything that I worked so hard since then I was like 12 years old. It, it just fulfilled, you know. Like that's the reason why I had to scream so out loud and glorify God's name because I knew that that was a plane that he set into my heart when I was back in 12 years old, like when I was 12 years old, you know. And I and this moment, this very moment, was the was the moment that that I that I knew that I I accomplished my dream, you know. And that, special moment, right? Yeah, there, it's right? always a special moment, especially if you're winning the world, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I never had imagined. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only one world champion yes. at this table. So. And everybody was keep, everybody is always asking me like, ah, why are you? Using Nachel's name on your back. Yeah, actually, that is something <laughs> I wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah I so. That. Uh, you know, like many people, they like to to put the names over there, right? Uh, like to who's the most important for you? Most of the people they see, oh, I myself, it's I, I, I am important to myself. But for me, the most important thing is Nachi, you know. So I don't, I don't really like want to bring the attention for me. I, I rather to bring the attention to her because. I know she she works so hard, you know, and I know how amazing how amazing she is. Like you know, like on training, on every every you know every aspect of her life, and I'm I'm a, I'm I'm the big fan of hers, you know. Like, and then I don't like to put my name because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm Emmanuel Hibamar. No, I'm just a guy like everybody else that has a dream and that true that believes in God and that. You know, now things are happening because you know, I don't, I don't seek for glory, but you know, like that's I, beautiful. Yeah, man. that's really, really cool. And because you know, Nachi, uh, we love Nachi. We're huge fans of her. Amazing world champion. She's done so much in the sport already. Um, but you, you're even still. You like you put her first. Yeah, I got it. If I don't put her first, she's gonna lock me up in the room. <laughs> there it okay, is. so there's yeah. an element of fear there. Yeah. Too. Okay. And now, now cut this part. Yeah, just wow, that's yeah. beautiful, though. It really is. You guys just uh, opened a school, right? Uh, in, in San Antonio. Yes, we opened a school in Bernie with my professor Rodrigo. Oh, actually, uh, a big shout out to my professor Rodrigo Pinheiro. That he's the guy who. He's the guy behind everything, you know, like everything, the way, everything that I learned in the long of the years as a person and business and everything he taught me. 
and it's been a great year so far because of him. So it's you know he's he's like my guard angel. You know? So this is uh, Rodrigo Pinheiro. Yes. And now um, I think a lot of people um, maybe they're familiar with the name because they see you and Nachi when you compete. You compete as. Rodrigo Pinheiro BJJ but tell us a little bit about who he is and because I think maybe some people not too familiar with him right yeah, yeah. so Rodrigo is a he's a really really tough guy he's actually naturally from Amazon just like me nice we born on the same on the same state in same city uh when he was back when he he was he's a black belt from from Ulysses Paixão and he trained he trained in Rio with Saulo Ribeiro on the time he used to train with Shanji so he won worlds when he was a purple belt when he was a brown belt he 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 always meant to be a great competitor and but he went too young to he came too young to US and then on that time jiu jitsu didn't have the same you know to, to now, now we can live at, with jiu jitsu you know but before it was really hard they so, didn't have the same opportunities yeah he didn't, right? didn't have the same opportunity and then he he went to rio actually he, he went to rio he had no money at all on that time he had to go he had to get a ship so he went for free on the ship just with the bag and just with the bag with one you know, one part of clothes. Wow. And then he went to train at the gym with Saulo Ribeiro and Shanji. And then he became so good, you know, and then he had the opportunity to come to US. And then he over you know, overcome everything, you know, all the all the, the, the trouble and everything. He became a very a great uh uh uh, teacher, a great professor. Yeah, he's had a gym in San Antonio for a long time now, right? Yes, has like a really strong it's, reputation. It's actually been ten years that oh, he's nice. in San Antonio. Like I believe that he's the biggest gym in San Antonio. He has the most, I think, most student and also the most number of competitors. You know, like and now he he made his first uh, black. Actually, his second because Nachi <laughs> won a black belt too, right? But he I. I'm pretty sure that I'm the first black belt world champion that he he actually created like on him training at his gym every day, you know. So um let's let's go back a little then because you mentioned that you and him you both come from Amazon. from the Amazon. And this is something that we've talked about a lot on a fistful of collars and our other show who's number 1. Because it's like Manaus is the capital of Amazon, right? Of yes. the Amazon state. And this area seems to produce so many amazing champions in jiu-jitsu. So why? What is it, man? What is, what is special <laughs> What's about in the this water place? Right there? <laughs> yeah. What are you guys doing? Like, is, uh, But it is true. There are so many amazing champions come from this place. Well, like Amazon, we have actually one G in every single quarter. <laughs> There's a lot of jiu-jitsu There's everywhere. a lot of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's everywhere. Like... Actually, they say that uh, every state, like São Paulo, Rio, they say that the sport is football, right? Mm -hmm. Soccer. And but in Amazon, the main sport is jujitsu. Wow! So you know, like you're born knowing the double leg. <laughs> <laughs> you're born in like armor buying the doctor when you're about to get out. Of the <laughs> no, but yeah. So the professors from Amazon, uh, they're really like they're really smart. You know, like I don't know, like I have a uh, I have a coach actually. Ricardo Amendola know him. His name is Master Pina. Oh, he's very famous in yes. Manaus. He's right? very fam famous in Manaus because, 
Look, before we didn't have any like social media or YouTube or anything to learn techniques. And this guy, my professor, he was the guy who was always like developed things mm -hmm. by himself. And then we never like we that was the the fight. We was always like, how he learned that? Who taught him? Who taught him that? He never he never like travel around or talk with anyone. He just go home and he comes back with something else. It's just all Is up he here, training huh? with his wife there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we never know. And then we never knew him Master Pina he was just like a genius man so you started jiu-jitsu how old so I started jiu-jitsu when I was 12 years old 12 years old yes. that's pretty young right yes and what kind of gym did you train at what like was with Master Pina was no, he the I first guy I started actually I started jiu-jitsu in uh, Orle Lobato which is a he, he's a very annoying guy in the Rio de Janeiro he's a he actually is a student of Osvaldo Alves mm. and I started with him And then my brother put me in Jiu-Jitsu, Bosco Junior. He's also he's a owner of a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation and Amazon. He's doing an amazing job there. And he was he was always like, he wanted me to be good at Jiu-Jitsu, you know. Like, and then he saw Master Pina, that he, Master Pina was really good. And then Master Pina, he used to be part of Ageno Alves, which is what one what's a, what which was another team. And then I went to Ageno Alves because of... of Master Ulysses and Master Pina. And then after Ageno Alves, Master Pina decided to build his own school. And then we went to Master Pina because Ageno Alves, they closed. So did you did you like jiu-jitsu from the very beginning? Was it something that you thought, man, like I could do this? Or did it take a while? Well, uh, if you guys don't know, Tiago Macedo, yeah. he, he's, uh, his family grew me. So ah. when back when I was young, uh, they raised you. Yeah, my, yeah, they raised me, but it, they, I pretty much they pretty much raised me because my parents worked so so much, and then I used to go to his house and I used to play with him all the time, and then his brother he used he, he used to do judo and jujitsu, which is like he's my half brother. I always tell everybody like he's my step brother, and he started to to make us competitors. We was we we always was trying to compete against each other. He said, "Was oh, let me see. If you take him down, I'll pay you the lunch." <laughs> yeah, he was on like that. If you take him down, whoever wins, I'm going to you know like I'm gonna buy soda for you guys. You know, like he was always like challenging us, and then we started like grow like challenge ourselves like to try to be better as a competitor. And then later on, he just decided, "Okay, I'm gonna buy you a gi." And then he decided to buy a gi for me, and then he bought me a gi, and then I started training with, with 12 years old, right? And then, man, I, I just love it. You just, this is the first time. Yeah? Yeah. It really was, like, something that you loved from the beginning? Yes, because in Amazon, it's hard because, you know, it's hard for you to don't, don't get addicted because you see so many kids like traveling around like for Rio de Janeiro because the Brazilian national used to be in Rio de Janeiro right mm. and all the kids from from Amazon was traveling to Rio de Janeiro to fight the Brazilian national and every every single one every single kid's dream is to just get in the plane you know just to be there on the tournament and I, that was my dream, you know, like I was like, man, I think I need to do jiu-jitsu because I want to travel all around the world, you know. And I remember that every, everybody used to paint their hair 
like blonde to oh go yeah Rio de we see a lot of people do that yeah, right to, they dye the hair yeah, yeah to go Rio de Janeiro just to fight the Brazilian <laughs> national and then never had the chance to go mm. and I, that was my dream I was like man I wish I could go Brasileiro you know it Brasileiro it was pretty much the world's you know the, which, which pretty much the world back in those days yeah. it really was right yes like the Brasileiros I mean even still today it's one of the toughest tournaments in the world but a lot of people they don't realize how hard it is for people from Manaus to travel to oh, Rio man. and Sao Paulo because it's a long way. It's like a four-hour flight, four right? four-hour flight, and the flights are really expensive. They are, yeah. yeah. It's really expensive. So when did you start uh, When did you start traveling to Sao Paulo to, to compete? Because eventually you moved there, right? Yeah, so when I was 16 years old, uh, 17 years old, I had the opportunity to go to the Europe to teach. So how did that happen? Uh, so I because I have a, such a good uh, year, two, two, three, four years with no lose and a juvenile and purple belt. So I I was so like I was very good like well trained you know like Master Pina used, used to take care of me all the time, and then I I was I was doing good you know like you know you was it was like Mikael Galvão nowadays right, and then. I had my professor, he said that there's a, a school in, in Geneva, which is Switzerland, right? It was an icon where Anderson Pereira is the main head coach over there. And then I had the opportunity to go over there to train and then teach a little bit, right? And I went to this place, and but something really bad happened with me. I was drilling with, with, a, with, with, a, with a guy, and my finger got stuck in the mat when I was trying to backstep my knee popped and then I broke my I, I pretty much like tore my MCL and meniscus yeah. and then I have to and you're like 17 yes in a foreign country exactly wow like no one there just my master and my master at that time he was very tough he was like yeah you got hurt you know he got mad because I got hurt you know I knew that he cared about me because he, he got mad because I got hurt you know but and then I had to come back to Brazil again to Amazon and then I decide I, I I had no money at that time, and then my my dad had had to do a lot of things to help me just to pay for the, the surgery, right? I had the I had the support of the, the 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 private a private hospital called Samel, and they they gave me half of the he they gave me the doctor plus the the how how do I call the thing that they. Uh, injection, oh. the, the injection, they give like the anesthesia. Yeah, the yeah. anesthesia right. because yeah. the, those part is the most expensive, right? Right. So they kind of sponsored you almost. Yeah, they sponsored me. Wow. Uh, and my dad had to give the other half, give the other half, which is was really good. He could help me. And then, as soon as I got healed of my surgery, I I started to compete again because I was so addicted for comp competition, right? And then I went to compete. And then I lost, mm. and that was like f for like two years, three years, no losing. I w that that made uh, me so that was devastating. Yeah, yeah, I was like, man, I lost. I need to do something else. If I stay here in, in Amazon, I'm not going to showcase my jiu-jitsu, you know. And then I decide, I decide to. I spoke with my 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 brother, the guy who raised me, Bosco Junior, and I told him he was the owner of the federation, right? And I told him, hey. Can you help me out? Help me to buy a ticket to go to maybe it's Rio, Sao Paulo, so I, so I can get better at jiu-jitsu, you know, that I can be a really competitor. And then he was like, okay, Hiba, we can do that. And then he bought me a ticket just to go. 
And then one way, one way, my family didn't know that I was going. Oh no, that's yeah, crazy. That was crazy. I went. My mom got so mad. <laughs> they, they got like almost the police behind me and everything. Oh no! So you didn't even tell they, them before you left. Yeah, you just left. I left, and then I told her like days ago. I said a day, like couple days, a couple days later. I told her like, "Hey, I'm in, I'm in, you know, São Paulo. I, I'm gonna stay here. I want to leave here. I want to." I want to, you know, like leave at Jiu-Jitsu. <coughs> and the first thing here for was very hard because my mom got, you know, my dad, my mom got upset with me. And they even like stopped to talk for me for a while. And then it was hard because I was by myself, you know. I, then I have no money at all to do. I had to start sell all everything that they bought it to me in the long of the years. And but it would in the end I met Cicero, which was like a father for me. He took care of me. Leandro also he Leandro was this is back when Leandro was still at Cicero's yes, gym. Yes, when, when so. me, Meow brothers, Leandro, we, all, we used to be from the same team, Chago Bao. So help me understand when you moved to the, the Cicero's academy, which belt were the Meow brothers? When I moved to Cicero, the Meow brothers was purple with me. Okay, because that helps me kind of know what like what year it is. You yeah, know what I mean? it's, it's like it's one, which belt were you? It was 2011. No, 2012. 2012, yeah. About In the that. end of 2012. And what which belt? Which belt were you? I was purple. You were purple belt yeah, too. Yeah, I got I got my purple belt when I was like 17. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you moved to the to the Cicero Academy, which at that time, that was like the place everybody wanted to go. Yes. Right? I mean, it still is like an amazing gym, but right then you had the Meow Brothers. Uh, you had Leandro and it was just this amazing like training environment so were you one of those kids who used to sleep on the mat in the gym yeah so yeah. actually I was one of the first me Iago my cousin we, we, we used to be one of the first guys to live at the gym at that time and Later, they, it came a lot of people, but we used to live on the mats and sleep on the mats. Because before it was like super famous, right? Yes, it was. It was way before. Like we didn't have like now. It it now they have like a like a restaurants clothes and everything. But before we used to have to do everything on the microwave. Oh, like man. rice in the microwave, eggs in the microwave, yeah. like pasta in the microwave. <laughs> oh my god! It was a, it was a, it was, it was a good, you know, like. But you uh, loved it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I visited that gym once. I think it was like in 2013 or something. And the best way to describe it is very basic, mm. <laughs> very, very, very basic. basic. There's yeah. no secret. Uh, Cicero, he has the right mindset. You know, he he tells you you train. You train hard, and when you're tired, you train even more. That's it. That's his. That's his, his slogan. You know, and, and the training used to be really like savage yes, in that gym, right? Always, always. <laughs> it still is, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But like, like so much drilling of the technique, like hours and yeah. hours of drilling, and, and then drilling. hours of rolling. What was the biggest difference when you got there from where you were training in, in the Amazon? So my professor on Amazon, he he likes to do a lot of sparring. Mm -hmm. So he does one technique in the, in the day. Right in the morning, in the morning time, and then in the rest of the day is all sparring. Just so, one technique a day. Yeah. Wow. One technique a day, and the rest is all is sparring, sparring, sparring. Because that's he, a lot different to how people train here, right? Yes, I think, uh, like to be kind of real, like we we are so we are, we're still evolving here. So we so it's kind of that we are we are in old times, and in Brazil they are a little bit ahead because they are they are really like. Uh, they've been doing it so long. Yeah, for right? so long, yeah. and they, they're really like finding a way to, you know, to develop better 
you know, better the game. And it also explains why you guys are so tough. If that's what you do, you do one technique every day and fight. just fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just spar. Yeah, because it's hard. Like you know, it's hard when you follow system, right? Because mm -hmm. you system is in one position with many different variations, right? So if you keep, fo if you if you focus on the system, it it will be you you will learn better, right? And but also it would take too much time for you to learn. Because if we we usually like train, special Americans usually train like twice in a week, right? So it takes a lot of time. So like, sorry, like Chase asked, like w what was it different then when you got to Sao Paulo compared to what you did in Manaus? So the difference was that actually that the Cicero, he had this one hour of drill. Mm -hmm. So and this was different because... I was I I I meant to be good at rolling, but on the drill, like I sucked. <laughs> like I was like I don't know where to go, you know. And that's when I I would start to watch Leandro, Meow Brothers, and get Murillo, Cicero. Like I I start to see a good thing for each one of them, and I started put as a system. So and when you say see a good thing, you mean like the techniques that they would do, or the way they train, or no, like the, the like the, every single technique that was going to fit on my game, and the way that it was that they was explaining, and Got they it. made me create my own my own uh, how can I say my own system to to think to think about jujitsu, you know. So like you say, you, you take like a little bit of God from the Meow Brothers, a little bit of yeah, passing from exactly. Morello and, and, and you put it all together. Yes. Just right. just like the power puff go. Were they were they <laughs> sugar, <laughs> temper and everything that was good. Were, were they teaching you or were you just watching and, and picking it up on your own? Yeah, so so I was watching and on the time of the drill I uh, I always try to teach myself. I don't know if you guys are like that, but when I'm rolling or when when I'm when I'm rolling, I try to teach myself like a inside voice. Like what what would you do here? So, do you think your connection's good? Do you think that your overstep is good? What do you can get better here, you know? Like so I think this is a, a good way for me to evolve myself, you know. Something else I want to know as well is like uh at this time purple belt and through till you got your black belt the time that you spent training at Cicero's with all these different guys was there one guy who was like um, your teacher one guy who's really guiding you through everything or the environment did you need to take a lot of responsibility for yourself was it something that you needed to kind of guide yourself well like uh uh can you, can you repeat again? What because saying? there's so many guys in the room. Was there one guy acting as like your, your mentor, one guy as the teacher, or oh, did yes. you kind of, did you have to do it yourself just by being with them? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, well, well like, I used to hanging out with Meow Brothers more, like, in the gym, inside the gym. But outside the gym, I used to hang out with Leandro. So, but inside the gym, I wanted to be like the Meow Brothers. And then outside the gym, I wanted to be like Leandro. They would, be, Leandro was my, because Leandro was my inspiration. He is my inspiration, right? And it, I was a, so much like big fan of him. If he, Leandro say, was to say it for me, like, oh, Hiba, this is good. And I used to, I was to try to do what he was telling me to do. But on that training, the way that I was 
like uh, behaving myself, I want to be like Meow Brothers because they man they like the discipline yeah the, the discipline focus. Yeah, yeah the discipline yeah. and training i never seen anyone like that they 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 just different you yeah. know they're very well they well focused in everything every single technique they are like open minded they never stop to learn you know then i carried this since since that then i met them so my if my if my professor are teaching a technique i'm going to try to do the technique until i I'm be successful in training, you know, because this is what's gonna make me a champion. So if you want to be professor, then then you you try to teach yourself the, the way that you want. But if you're an athlete and you, when you're an athlete, most of the time you are a student. Then you gotta behave yourself as a student, you know. So if your teacher's telling you what to do, you gotta just trust him, you know. And this has helped me a lot, I believe. Meow Brothers like that too. So you created some really strong relationships at this time. You know, you mentioned your relationships with the Meow Brothers, with Leandro, with Murillo. So uh, a few years ago, um, things changed in the gym, right? Yes. And a lot of people, they left to go to different places. So Leandro, he started his school brotherhood. And of course, Murillo started the Unity Academy in New York. And even still, there exists a very strong relationship between the three teams and between the athletes and between the professors. And you are one of those guys that you always maintained a good relationship with with all of those guys, right? Yes. So uh, people don't maybe don't know, but you went to Brotherhood, but you also spent a lot of time at Unity. Tell us a little bit about the, the difference and, and your experience in training in those places. So... Murillo is very he's very technical. The way that he teaches, it, it's very knowledgeable. You know, like it, it's something that you're always going to absorb. There's nothing that you cannot. So you, when he started talk, and then you, of course, just by his voice, you already can like be so focused, right? Because you go like, okay, shit and sure. and then you already you're already like focus on what he's talking about, you know. And and the brotherhood, uh, Leandro, he he always used to carry the training as a competition. So right. we we always wanted to go like so hard, so hard, so hard. And this is like helped me a lot for 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 a moment. But there's a moment that I needed things more like Murillo, and then that's when I met Rodrigo. Rodrigo was the Rodrigo is pretty much the. It's a halfway. It's a half half of every single one of them. Nice. And then that's crazy because. I don't have the ba- I don't have the four, five, six world champions to train with me, but the people that I have around me, like my team, bro, they are so good training. They make me evolve, and not only that, you know, they pass your confidence that you're gonna achieve your what what you what you want to achieve, you know. And Rodrigo is a big he's a big piece of my of my you know of my game. He's a very good mind. Uh, how can I say? Uh, mental mental coach mm. because he always told me hey you don't need all of that to be a champion you already have what you need you just need you just have to have good people around you and be focused on what what you're gonna learn next and then that helped me a lot i like that man and, and it's um it's interesting because each of those schools like you say has such a different mentality a different approach to the way they train um so 
my understanding is like the the style in Brotherhood is is really focused on like the, the kill or be killed, right? It's yes. like the competition style, yeah. right? It's like eye for eye for eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the with the training sessions, the toughest there or yeah, the training session is the toughest session that I ever like that I'll ever be like. So it's it's so hard. First round you go with Leonardo. Second round you can go you can go with Aleman, which is really good. It's like Homo Bahau grips. Wellington Louise, right? And then, yeah. yeah. And then you then you go with uh, Iago de Souza. The guy is like my cousin is like a uh, like a like a flash. He's like you get you, you roll with him, you 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 die. Like <laughs> you like that you completely die. And then you, there's Tigrão. Another like ultra heavy guy, it's super technical with a lot of pressure. And then he just won the Europeans he just, as well, right? Actually, he oh, just yeah. won the European, yeah. right? A big mm -hmm. shout out to mm -hmm. my brother Tigrão. You must be super happy. Yeah, man. He's he won Europeans. He did a great job. He beat the giant, man. He, you know, like it was like David Goliath. <laughs> yeah, he looked very, very technical, actually. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like like jump on a half guard and you know, like go like coyote sweep. He, he moves really well for a big guy, though, right? No, he moves yeah. so well. Man, he moves like lightweight. Sometimes I can. Sometimes he wake up and go to the gym. He just killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the, the style of training in Unity. Um, I mean, the the legendary video, right? Uh, yeah, when you guys went to the worlds, like man, Chase, you were there. You should. Talk about this. <laughs> well, it was it, you know, it's our second road to worlds tour, which meant that I had been to a lot of high level camps. I had been to Atos, I had been to Gracie Baja Northridge, and I'd only seen video of Unity. You know, I knew the training was legendary. I knew the meows were there, Marillo, but to be in that room, this little box that's about the same size as a studio, that's the old yeah. Unity Academy, the old right? Unity. Yeah. yeah. It is wet in there from sweat. I mean, we walk in and it's blasted with hot air. <laughs> Everyone's dripping, ready to go. And uh, it was so intense. I had never seen training like that ever. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Actually, it was crazy because one day before, we did like almost like 12 rounds of 60 minutes. <laughs> and and the next day, we we found out that you guys were coming to, to do the coverage of the GN. Marilla decided to do 12 rounds of 10 minutes. <laughs> and we was like, oh, my God, man, we're going to die today. <laughs> and then Marilla, no, let's go. 10 rounds of 10, rounds of 10 uh, 12 rounds of 10 minutes. And then you get, you're going to do six rounds with – you're going to pick six people and do six uh, two rounds with each one of them. And then, man, we trained so hard. So hard on that day, remember? Oh, it was incredible. My, it was, my camera was fogging yeah. up. I mean, we had to like clean it. I had to shower uh, <laughs> before I left for the airport. I didn't even train. I was just in the room. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And also, like, we we had to actually like take a shower in, in between yeah. sessions because it was too hot. Like, it was I think so no, hot. I, mean, I think you, no. That that time, I could like pretty much like do me the weight in two days <laughs> just, just sweat the weight out yeah, yeah sweat easy. sweat the weight all, all all my body but man it was so hot and then we had to take shower so marillo um you were telling us and, and i've seen a little bit does some very specific kind of training like yes. uh, he always throws out some curveballs like you just said a minute ago off camera that one night you did 30 minutes of sprawls yes just to yeah. Wind down the class. Yeah, Murillo. He was like he thirty was minutes all, of sprawls. He was always like that. Sprawls. Like what the hell. That was that was the worst day when he. <laughs> I think he wake up like a man. Today we're gonna we're gonna put everybody to train hard. <laughs> this weeks, you guys are weeks. You guys train hard. <laughs> 
bro. Yeah, like he was like, oh, let's go. Thirty minutes, of, thirty minutes of sprawl, bro. There's a moment that I was doing sprawl, like just putting my knee on the ground and the feet, knee feet. I, I couldn't sprawl anymore, bro. No power. And if I stopped, he was always like looking for us, like, hey, don't stop. I was like, oh my god. And I had to keep going, keep going, keep pushing. But it was always tough, man. Is the uh, what what what's the the end goal of something like that? It, it can't just be physical, right? He's testing you. Mentally. Yeah, he's testing you mentally for for not to quit, you know. Because so you gotta be to be real, like in a tournament, especially you gotta be prepared for everything. Let you see, like me, you see Paulo Miao, right? When you saw when we saw the the picture of the the Rutolo brothers, the knee bar, the, yeah, the yeah. knee bar, right? He went to the knee bar. You you saw his face. He didn't have any. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing. He was like, okay, I can't handle. You know, so that's is pretty much what Murillo does. He makes you. He makes you. Sh it's mentally stronger. You know, like you're not gonna quit. You did good. Good job. You got this. You know, like it's a really good. It's a really good. He works as a really good a mental coach. You know? I mean, he builds your spirit for a, as a yes. fighter, right? Yes. That's amazing. Like we like we say, like people say that they can, you can't teach heart. But if you if you train under real sometimes you're probably going to develop heart. <laughs> I like that. That's nah, great. me too, man. And they say that Murillo is one of the the best guys ever. He's just one of those guys. He gets nervous, and maybe the competition he doesn't look the same. But they say that in the gym he is the toughest guy like that you've ever trained with. Is it true? Yeah, man. Really? Like uh, Murillo is. Uh, there's a song in Brazil that say "Sigo invicto." Meu amor, we, that means like I, I follow myself like invicted, right? I never lost, I never lose my love, right? Murillo, that's Murillo's song. When he gets in the gym, he's the only guy that can that can win every single training without that can go twelve rounds with no losing, without give up any single like advantage or point. It's crazy. He just have like a, such a amazing top game and. So, he beats people up. <laughs> yeah, he beats people up. He beats people up. He really yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. Pressure passing. And actually, who, who reminds me of Murillo a lot, it's my professor, Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. Man. So good. If you never trained with Rodrigo before, he don't don't have a train with him because he's a bully, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. Murillo, it's okay because Murillo, he... he He's going to pass your guard. He's going to mount you and wait you to try to escape. Rodrigo, if he, he's going to submit you 10 times... And he, if you roll him again, he's gonna to beat you like twelve. Wow! So he's just like he's just so good in any sort of position of submission, like mount, back, uh, side control. He's he. I don't know what he has, but I I, I believe that he trains so long all this this kind of submission that I never seen somebody like applying the submission like the way he does. You know. So uh, let's talk a little about Rodrigo quickly then, because like you said earlier, you know, you don't have uh, an academy like Atos or even like Unity or, or Brotherhood where you have so many champions on the same mat. Um, you're in a, uh, San Antonio, which is not like the biggest city for jujitsu, but obviously you're training with Nachi, who, uh -huh. you know, she's a world champion many times now. And, and who else are you training with on a regular basis? Well, like, well, I have Rodrigo as a really good partner. I have Thiago Macedo, which is like, which is one, ranked number 10 in the IBJJF ranked. So he's really good. Uh, we have now, we now we have Richard, 
Nogueira, he's, which is like he's, he, he used to be my teammate, Francisco Costa, now he's joining the team. He, we just went to pick up him yesterday on the airport. Nice. And we have Nico, which is the purple belt. He's a purple belt. Uh, he's really good. He has really good results in the opens and everything. Now he started finding himself more confident to go on the big tournaments. But soon you guys will heard about his name. Uh, Nico, we have Lele, which this kid is this kid is like super flexible, really really good guard. You know, like he's a good training, just like Aspen, like play guard type. So we ha we have all sort of like train, you know, especially like big guys. We have like. Guys from, you know, like super and ultra heavy that are really technical because Rodrigo, he makes his student be like so technical and push himself hard, you know. So there's no like, it's a kind of gene, you know, like, you know, when you go in the gene, there's, there's, there's no, no one weak. It's like even the, the white belt is, is really hard to mm. sweep because it has a good base. Yeah, those are scary gyms. Yeah. <laughs> no easy rounds. Let me, uh, let me ask a question quickly because uh, this is a question that came in from, um, from the, the viewers on YouTube, actually. Because um, in, in jiu-jitsu, people who, who switch teams, uh, they have this label attached to them, right? The crayonch. Right? And like, so the translation is, it's kind of like a traitor. Somebody who, who switches one team, goes to another, and they, it's considered like a negative thing. But, but it happens a lot. And people switch teams in jiu-jitsu a lot. And, and you too, you represented different teams, right? You yes. represented your original teams in Manaus. You represented... Cicero, Brotherhood, Unity, and now Rodrigo Pinheiro. Tell me a little about how you feel about that and, you know, whether it's uh, what your attitude is to it. So uh, what happened is, like, I started on a Master Pina, and Master Pina gave me the blessing for me to go to Cicero, right? So, and then when I, when I, get in, when I got in Cicero, so Leandro is Cicero's student, right? It's his Cicero student, but he built his own school. On that time, I was more like friendly with Leandro, and that's the why I decided to join Brotherhood. Brotherhood, but if you really pay attention, we did like switch teams. It was just because of a fight, and then they decided to split up. But they did they didn't have to really split up. They they did because they wanted to, you know. They and then it is if you really pay attention, they are still they are still same lineage, same thing. And what's the good thing about that? That Murillo. He he built unity, which is the lost elo between brotherhood and Cicero. So that means that I I never really like like had to crayon be crayon, you know, because I'm I'm still friend with the same people that I used to train with, you know. It's different like when I'm it's different for me like training like let's say and Cicero and then join Atos. It's different because it's completely it's a completely different school, you know. With no relation to each exactly. other. Exactly. Right. So the reason why the reason why I went to Unity is because the Unity is like I said, is the lost elo between both. And where people can still get together trained as a partner is where we used to be. And the thing the the reason why I joined Rodrigo is because when I first came in the US, uh I never. They didn't have a Cicero Costa International. They didn't have a Brotherhood International. It didn't exist at that time. It, it yeah. doesn't. It yeah. doesn't still. You know, and and Rodrigo was the guy who pretty much like I had no money at all to stay in US, and I really wanted to live my dreams. And then he decided. I knew him. I know him because he's from IG in Brazil. So, 
And then he decided to give the opportunity to, to stay with him for a while. And in three months, four months, he made me world champion of brown belt. You know, like and Rodrigo also promoted you to black belt. Is that right? Yeah. So Rodrigo yeah. promoted me to the black belt, but he also yeah, we also Caesar authorized right, me to right. get the 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 black belt because at that time I still was under Caesar mm -hmm. also, but I I was training with Rodrigo, and I I really wanted to have then to have the you know like they have to understand that they understand each other like oh can I promote him we can so work together you know so I. So there's no like creonti, you know. I was gonna say, man, I think it reflects a lot on you and your personality and the kind of person that you are because your entire journey in jujitsu, you you made sure to to do things correctly, but you did so in a way that you never ended a relationship with anybody, it never ended badly. You know, you always maintained that relationship until today, right? Yes. And like everywhere you went, you know, you, you, you passed through different places, but different people, but you always maintained that history and, and, you know, showed, I guess it was just being respectful for everybody, right? Uh, uh, for sure. Like, I think like before, now the jiu-jitsu, uh, people from the jiu-jitsu, they change a little bit. They changing, right? That That's good because before, for for especially for the elders like of the elders of jiu-jitsu the old school guys right they in that in that that time doesn't didn't exist like a friendship if you're not from his team so now people are changing you know like we don't have to you know like friendship is friendship if i'm like on the north and you on the south it doesn't matter we're still going to be friends you know like and that's i think this is what i this is what I, I, I like the most, you know, like, because jiu-jitsu, if you really pay attention, is a big family. Yeah, if you find, if you find It's the a, same people. Every, yeah, 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 it's the same people, bro. And, like, let's say you live in Australia, and then you got, you, you're a good friend of mine. One day I go to Australia, you know, I'll be looking for some place to stay, and maybe I can stay at your house because mm. you're going to allow me to stay, you know? Yeah, so we see a, that a lot, Yeah, right? so it's a big family. So I don't think there's... We don't have time to keep fighting against each other, you know. We just we just have to wish the best to every single one of us. And I believe that everybody are looking for for fulfill the dreams, right? And so what's what's the bad in that, you know? We mm. we we all need to the shines the, the the sun shines to everybody, right? I love that. <laughs> so uh we got a little bit of news to uh, announce today. Your your next super fight on Fight to Win, right? Oh yeah, so my next super fight on Fight to Win February twenty second, Austin uh, will be against Mateus Denise. Ooh. Make sure that you guys are tuned on this fight because we'll be fire. That is <laughs> a good go. match. Mateus Denise <laughs> is a beast. Yeah, so you heard it here first. That right here in Austin, Texas, just about an hour away from where you live, we're gonna have Hibamar against the ADCC champion, right, Mateus yes, Denise. Mate but this is gonna be a gi match, I believe. Right? I believe this is gonna be a gi match. And I'm really excited to this match. Mateus is a such amazing guy, man. I'm a big fan of Mateus. He have a solid jiu-jitsu, you know, very strong passing. Very strong. And I yeah. can't, I can't wait to challenge myself. You know? I mean, he's been doing so well. Of course, he's a Kasai champion. Yes. he's a champion in ADCC, and uh, this is this is a good opportunity for both of you, right? Yes. Uh, 
Yes, man, definitely it is. I'm I'm so excited for this match. You uh you've competed a lot in fight to win and under the submission only rules. Yes, so man. Uh, what what do you do when you go up against a guy like Mateus? Because um points for passes and sweeps don't really count in fight to win, right? So yeah, so I believe the fight to win is a really good show for me to showcase art, you know, showcase my jujitsu. And Safi it's always doing a great job, man. I love the the rules because I can actually try more, you know. You can attack. Yeah, yeah, it's not a like a, yeah, it's not like I'm JJF that you need to do not commit mistake. You know, you can commit mistake, but jujitsu, if you pay attention, most of the submission comes from the scramble. So, and as a even as a fight to win, it's really good because on the scramble you can let's say oh, you almost passed my guard, but I got you almost on the triangle. You know. So what's there's more power? The submission there's more power because it's the main goal of jujitsu. I, I truly like this, you know, this this rule. You have a lot of uh, experience fighting in fight to win too. Yes, right? I think I'm six zero now. Nice. Yeah. So you're gonna try for seven and zero. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I fought a lot of tough matches. I think my first fight to win, I fought G.J. Jackson. Wow. And then the second one, I fought. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was a guy from Ten Planet, the Nogi match. Okay. And, and then I had Mauricio Oliveira, then I had Jake Watson. Jake Watson. Actually I'm five zero, sorry. Right. And I j there's one more guy but I don't remember real well who is. But I I'm five zero right now. Man, staying busy. Yes, and Sav man, I'm I'm really thankful for Sav, you know, because it's really hard for you to, to perform good, right? When you when you're when you're not active. And Saf, he's always like, make me active all the time. Mm. So I even told him when I won Worlds No Guess, hey man, you know, I'm not trying to say this because I want you, I want you to put me in your show, but I just want to tell you that, man, you helped me a lot. And I'm so grateful that you like put me out there to fight and be active all the time, you know? Uh, he is, he's giving you the opportunity to be a professional grappler, right? Exactly. Like, you know, like now I can provide for my family. <laughs> That's nice. And then uh, what's after fight to win? Pans? So, yes, uh, after fight to wins, I'll be focused on Pan Ams. And you're going to do a, a camp for this anyway? So, yes, my camp will be the same. We're going to start, keep training the same, the same way that we're training. And, you know, like with the right people behind me, with a good environment, I think everything is possible. Absolutely. Yes. Man, well, I, I hope that, uh, you know, the the success that you've enjoyed is just the beginning because, you know, you, you did so well at Nogi Worlds and recently at Europeans. And, man, all that's left is to wish you the, the, the best for the future, right? Thank you so much, guys. Can uh, Also, can I rem I just remind remember of something? That, Please. That, so uh, I'm going to do my, my first instructional, instructional DVD. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice, so, man. What's that going to be about? So this this DVD will be about positioning. Because like I was telling you guys earlier, like most of the people when we talk about like passing, they all they always think about side control, and they forget about that behind before you get on the side control, there's a whole setup and a whole approaching of the technique. So this DVD will be all about that, and will be by for BJJ fanatics. Very cool. So we will be recording this this next month on February 
eight and nine. So I hope you, everyone enjoys the, the techniques. Man, nice. for sure. And speaking of techniques, uh, we have to mention as well that you guys were in the gym this morning, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I couldn't miss a chance to shoot another episode of Fix My Game. Himmar uh, destroyed me this morning. No, R- Ryan didn't even look at the clock. It's supposed, <laughs> no. to, be, it's supposed to be a five-minute round and we do a couple of them. Ryan let these go eight minutes. So I'm like, is it been five minutes yet? Hey, you're a brown belt now. That's it's eight right. minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to attack his foot all the time. I trying. Was, he was. I was holding his foot like you see now you're brown bro. <laughs> did you train last night I didn't train last night you did it I'm still time recovering from your so hang on a second then that means that Hibamar is the first person yeah. to ever train that's with right. you when you're a brown belt that's right Whoa. it was really fun we talked a little bit about the positioning for passing some good preview there which uh, I'm sure you can expand upon your DVD also some lapel tricks he was got a great lapel guard also some ideas how to get out of it and nice. also yeah. winning the 50-50 battle which is All right. no one's favorite thing but man, some really useful useful tips that I think will really uh, tip the scales in your favor. So nice. a lot of fun, great time. That, that's one of the position everybody suffers with, right? Yeah, it's tough. yeah, fifty fifty is really hard. But I learned some very very like simple things. They're, they're not complicated to do, but they change the game there. So Beautiful. look forward to that coming out next week, guys. Oh man, awesome! I can't wait. I love the Fix My Game series, and it'll be interesting. I want to see this lapel thing because oh yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's man. nasty. Hibama has you got a good lapel game, man. <laughs> and once in a while, you don't do it a lot, but sometimes when you do, it's like, whoa, okay, <laughs> like, you know some tricks. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when it's getting too tough, I'm like, oh, okay, you want you want, me, you want my A game? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you made me do this. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful, man. You're awesome. Very, very cool. Well, um, Hibama, thank you so much for coming in. Stay with us because we're going to uh, we're going to change change the path a little bit here of the show and we are actually we are going to do the exclusive announcement for the Kasai Pro 7 it's going down this weekend 1st of February in Dallas Texas it's the heavyweight tournament and we are going to exclusively reveal the brackets the groups Whoa. the eight man tournament we're going to see who is in each group and how that's going to play out First, we've got a nice little video to show what's uh, what's coming up this weekend. Let's let's roll that Kasai Pro Seven going down February first.
All right, so that's just a little teaser of Spicy. what to expect this weekend yeah. at the Kasai Pro 7. <laughs> this is going to be huge, guys. This heavyweight tournament, they've brought together some of the biggest and best names in the business. Uh, obviously, this is a no-gi tournament. And, um, man, we've been super excited for this, right? Coming yes. off Europeans, like a, is, a, is a big 180 to go from the gi to the no-gi, but uh, how not to get excited with some of these names. So... The way that we're going to do this is that we are going to show the group A and then the group B, and we're going to reveal the names for each group one at a time so you can see. Now, just a reminder as well that the way that Kasai works, that group A is a round robin. So that means that everybody in that group has to face each other, and then you get points based on if you win by either submission or points. You get points for a draw and zero points for a loss. So you face everybody else in that group, and then depending on how you win, you get the points, and then you get the opportunity to go through to face the winner of Group B in the final. So it's not just about winning matches, it's about how you win the matches. Right? It's true, yeah. Submission's king. Yeah. Submission is the king. So group or bracket A for the Kasai Pro World Heavyweight Championship. Let's reveal the first guy, and it is... Nick Rodriguez. Yes. Rodriguez. This guy's dangerous. This guy is dangerous. Yeah. So probably the most dangerous purple belt in the world, right? right? ADCC silver medalist, uh, Super 5 veteran on many, many different shows, making his Kasai Pro debut, Nick Rodriguez, one of the most athletic, dangerous wrestlers moving over into jiu-jitsu. And he is the first name in the heavyweight bracket. So you can see there are three more names to reveal from this one. So let's keep this going and see who else there is. Veteran of the game, Bruno Bastos. Kind of a Texas uh, BJJ pioneer. He's been out here a long time. Yeah. Uh, out in Midlands, right? Yeah, it's Bruno. Bruno Pastos, one of the biggest men in this entire tournament as well. We have to, we can't forget that he is a big, big yeah, man, man, right? He, and he's very like experienced too, right? He knows, he knows every single like minute of the clock. He knows how to manage every single advantage. Well, the, I think everybody can have a really trouble with Bruno <laughs> yeah absolutely very very smart strategic competitor competitor and a big veteran as well so well, that means we got two more names in bracket A let's see who else there is there we Ooh, go Vinny, oh, Vinny Magalais so Vinny Magalais black belt in Jiu Jitsu with the Gracio Maita Limitage but also a black belt from Eddie Bravo in 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, the crazy no-gi style. Nope. Crazy. Vinny, <laughs> it is, right? Because he's got this interesting mix of the old-school Jiu-Jitsu with yes. also the modern tricks, right? It's true. ADCC champion? Yeah, the ADCC champion. He beat a lot of good guys. He actually beat Gordon Ryan, right? There you go. That's right. He has a yeah. last win over Gordon. And, uh, yeah, I got to say he's one of the favorites for, for the division, I would say. Or the group, yeah, sorry. Definitely you can't count him out. Um, this, is, uh, this is an intriguing one. So that means that there's just one more name in Group <laughs> A. Let's see who it is. See if you can guess by the shadow. Oh, but hey. Oh, well, okay. we kind of hoped that yeah. it might happen, right? <laughs> because everybody wanted to see the rematch of Nick Rodriguez and Cyborg from... The ADCC World Championships, they faced off in the, uh, in the semi-final match with Nick Rodriguez winging a very, very close match. They're going to have the chance to settle the score. They definitely will face off at Kasai Pro in the heavyweight bracket in Group A. And that is 
a very, very strong division right there. Give us your thoughts quickly, Manuel. What do you think? You've got Nick Rodriguez, Vinny Magalhaes, Cyborg, and Bruno Bastos. Man, I, I, I go with Cyborg, and also I go with Bruno Bastos because, I, I, you know, it's cool to see him out there, you know, like well, he's, out, he's about to get four years old this, this month, I believe. And then, man, he can, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see him out there, you know, like fighting with the, the young people and still do good, you know. That's a, that's a really good point, actually. Vinny, Cyborg, and uh, Bruno Bastos, they're three of the biggest veterans in the game, right? Yes. You know, both Vinny and Cyborg, ADCC champions, um, Nogi world champions, Bruno himself, obviously a, a veteran, and, and then Nick Rodriguez, the youngest guy probably 15 years younger than the rest yeah. of these guys, right? So, To me, the biggest question mark uh, of Nicky Rod is how he deals with points. I yes. mean, it's very different than ADCC, and uh, it is a jiu-jitsu tournament, and I think these guys can really use that to their, their advantage. They're yeah. not going to wrestle him probably, and you know he can't be as wild and crazy as he is at ADCC because aggression isn't really rewarded the same way. Yes, man, I just really hope that they can stay on the stage because <laughs> it is a big a, stage, though. Because it is a huge stage, stage, but yeah. these are some big men, and <laughs> I know, man, we could have like 250 kilos falling off the mat or something. <laughs> I don't know, but all right, let's move on to the second group, bracket B. So we've got four more names to go. We're going to roll these out one by one. First of all is Patrick Gaudio. So the Lion himself, formerly of GF Team. This will be his first competition officially representing Alliance Dream Art. He recently switched teams. And um, so Gaudio, we've seen him in action at the Nogi World Championships. We've seen him in action at ADCC. And I think it's interesting because even though he's had amazing performances, people forget that he's never won those tournaments. Mm, But they consider him almost like he has, right? Uh He's that good. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you have an impressive performance, win or lose, it it makes a mark. I mean, his last match with Kainan Duarte at Kasai, for example, he didn't win that. But, man, he looked really good, had some great moments, and was coming on strong at the end. You know, you can't count out a guy like that. Like uh, he's he's amazing. So yeah, it's like. What do you think about Patrick? He's uh he's re- pretty technical as well. Yeah, right? Patrick is such an amazing guy, man. He's very like uh he makes he surprises all the time, man. He's he man, he's just a he's just a lion, man. You know, you never you know you don't have to remember who's the lion is because <laughs> you know the lions is the lion, right? <laughs> he's always out there fighting his heart his heart out, and we always know that he's gonna be an excited match because he, he is willing to give hundred percent. Mm. Love it. All right, let's uh, take a look at the next guy for this division, and it is the tenth planet black belt himself, Kyle Bame. So Kyle Bame made a name for himself this last six months. He won the BJJ Fanatics Brown Belt Grand Prix. He came back and he won the BJJ Fanatics Black Belt Grand Prix, beating some big names along the way. Now, uh, this is his first time fighting in the Kasai, and it's the first time in about a year as well that we've seen him compete in a tournament with points. Mm. Is that going to be a factor? Yeah. After you. Yeah, I think so. I think it will, you know, like, unless he trained really, really, really well for the Kasai Pro. But I believe that the guys who is already adapted with the rules and everything, especially IBGF rules, that you can, cannot, cannot commit mistake. 
then if he's not ready to submit everybody, <laughs> he would think you're going to have a lot of trouble. But that's a great point, though. Great if he take. does if he does win some, by submission, which you know I, you might call him the submission specialist yes. of the tournament, that racks up a lot of points. So it could be in his oh, favor. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's you true. You win by submission, then yeah. you go through. So. And, he, and he's a very dangerous guy. If he gets on the position, right. he will submit you. So. We've seen him. He's got an amazing back control, you know, a lot of that time too. preparing for those EBI rounds. So the big question is, can he get there, right? Mm. Let's see. All right, so that means we got two names left. Uh, process of elimination. Let's see who it is next for... Racket B, and it is the Hulk, yeah. Lucas Barboza of Atos. The wow, man! I mean, this guy—he is just like his name says. He is a monster, right? Yes. I mean, what can you say about Hulk? Uh, one of the most consistent competitors, very active, always on the podium. Um, I mean, he had some great matches at the Nogi Grand Prix, ADCC. Uh, Hulk's got to be one of the favorites in this division. And you know he wants that win back over Kyle Bain Kyle from Bain, the yeah. BJJ Fanatics yeah. Right, tournament. because he won on the uh, the EBI rules in the overtime rounds, That's right? Kyle, so yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So this time you think Hulk will be thinking, okay, Kasai rules, a little bit different. He can go out there and he doesn't have to worry about giving his back. Yes. So, to me, this is right in his wheelhouse. You know, yeah. it, it's, he's used to the points. He, uh, he avoided Kyle's submissions in regulation, for yeah. example. Um, I, th- I think he could be. Uh, the guy yeah, he de- he definitely one of the guys who go who's probably can pass on the group. And uh, Hook is very like he's smart, and I think Nogi is the is I don't know he just fits so well on his game. You know? Oh yeah, he's really good Nogi. He has really good pressure. You know, like takedowns. Since then, and I fought him. I fight him since then. He was like juvenile. Really, and he always he he always meant to be good. Mm. And he was a very talented guy, and he always had a really good takedowns. And, of course, uh, Hulk and Gaugio, they uh, had that great match at ADCC as well, remember? Yeah. It was like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they have... It's they've had style. so many they, matches, yeah, too. They, yeah, ha- yeah, they yeah. have a background history. Yeah. Pan Am <laughs> final a couple of years ago. Yeah. Those guys have been fighting since they were, like, yellow belts, right? Yes. So, <laughs> like you Man. said, one big family, always fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, one big name left in bracket B, for those of you who can remember who the lineup was, you might be able to guess this, but let's reveal it anyway. Joao Gabriel Hosha. He is going to be the final name in bracket B. By far the biggest guy in this bracket. Joao Gabriel fighting out of Dallas. Double five jujitsu. ADCC silver medalist. Uh, no gi world champion man what more can we say about this guy but Joao Gabriel is phenomenal man right? John, I, I have the I have the opportunity to train with Joao for one year when I was in Dallas back in Dallas and Joao is a, such a talented guy man he he's I, now that I see him on the, on the bracket I believe that he's the first my, my first pick he's your too. favorite he's my favorite man he's such an amazing guy and very humble and he's really good at jiu-jitsu man yeah no doubt about that i was just up there uh right before europeans uh i went up and did some filming with joao and formiga ahead of kasai and he's working hard man he's really really going after it he's very excited to be healthy again because he had kind of an unfortunate end of 2019 he wasn't able to compete at worlds he wasn't able to compete at adc he was sick and he was injured but now he's back 
Uh, he's fired up, and he made a really interesting point when I was talking to him. He said, man, in the beginning of the year, I had that match with Gordon Ryan. Very close. A lot of people thought he actually might have won that. Yeah, it was Super like just close. one point. Yeah. And then just a, three weeks later, he takes on Vushesha in the Gi and wins that match. Yeah. Those are two of the most dangerous guys in their disciplines. And so he, had, he fought yeah. the pound-for-pound no-Gi number one and the pound-for-pound Gi number one back-to-back yeah. -back in the one month. And like you say, he had two of the toughest matches, 1-1. One, one, arguably won the other as well incredible right so i think he's really looking to make a statement he's thinking 2020 could be the year yeah and uh we'll have to see man I he's got a tough lineup though i truly believe that that jean gabriel can be the, the next open class champion yeah i mean th this guy is phenomenal it's uh the only question is that is he healthy and uh and can he come into the tournaments and yes. and perform like we know that he mm -hmm. can so let's bring up the uh bring up the the all eight names for the group so we can see them together there you go so bracket a one side you got bruno bastos nick rodriguez cyborg and vinnie magalais bracket b you have kyle bame joao gabriel hosha Patrick Gaudio and Lucas Hulk Barboza. Eight of the toughest heavyweights in the world. It's going down this weekend, February 1st, live on Flow Grappling. You can watch it here or you can go to the Bomb Factory in Dallas, Texas and go uh, go check that out. Man, this is going to be a fun one, right? Yeah. I can't wait, man. Kasai always puts on a great show. And uh, on a selfish note, this is my first time going to one of the Grand Prix, to one of the pro events. I've only been able oh. to attend and cover the Super Series, so I'm super pumped to see the Round Robin action. It's my favorite style tournament, yeah, so it's going to be great. And this one, I have, we have to come down all the way to Dallas just to watch the... Yeah, yeah man, you got to do gotta, it, man. Yeah. Absolutely. This is going to be so much fun. Well, uh, guys, I think that is the uh, the perfect way to end the show for today. Just giving you that little uh, teaser uh, to be all excited for this weekend. But Hibamar, dude, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been a real pleasure to learn more about you, about your story in jiu-jitsu. And we're so happy to see you succeed. And man, like I say, you know, just really happy for you and, and, uh, and wish you the best of luck to keep going forward and doing what you do. Thank you, guys. I just want to, like, thank you, every single one of you guys, because it's, it's such an amazing gift for me, you know, to have this moment, you know, share the moment with the people that we like, you know, that we very, I, I really, like, enjoy all you guys' work, you know. I know you guys are always, always, always is being there working so hard, you know. And I just want, I just thank for, and I thank God for your guys' life too. Oh, thank Thanks, you. man. Thank you very much. Hey, to be honest, you're the guys who do the hard work. Yeah, Our job's we're just easy. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, but if it wasn't because of you guys who were like, you know. Thanks, Eva. Appreciate it, man. But you're still, you're the champion. You're the champion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As Marilla says, he's the champ. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of A Fistful of Collars. We'll be back soon with another episode. See you in the next one. Awesome.